Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sean and Dave Make Music. This month, our guest is Luke Jurley and Friends. His project doesn't have a name yet. Welcome, guys. How's it going? Hey, it's hey. going great. Yep. We just uh, played some of Luke's music and wrote some new music and uh, improvised a little bit. So Luke is working on uh, an as-of-now untitled project. Yeah, I don't have a name yet. Um, <laughs> well, that's cool. It'll come to you. Yeah, eventually. And you're going to change half your A couple days before too. it. I release it probably. <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to, it's a good thing that you don't have to like, you know, have it out and then send it to your major label and then promote <laughs> it for six months. You can just leave that decision right. until later. Yeah. That's Not good. too worried about it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, Luke is someone who I've been making music with for a long time. And Luke is a songwriter who I've been a fan of for a long time. Um, when did we start playing together? Uh, probably seventh grade when we when you were in seventh days, grade, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was good times. And I remember very distinctly, like the first song of yours that I heard was amazing right off the bat. And I've been a fan mm -hmm. of your music since then. And it's funny to me that the rest of the world isn't like a huge fan of you already. <laughs> but they <laughs> not will yet. Be, they will be after this. I well, think. Yeah, we'll see. So <laughs> we're all doing our best to like mm -hmm. get your music out there. Yeah, and you were a senior in high school, I think, when uh, I was in seventh grade. So that sounds right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and even at that point, I was like impressed and jealous of how good you were, and I still <laughs> continue to be. So now, okay, so now I've been a fan of your music for this long, and just yesterday, you tell me that. Your songwriting process is that you just play the guitar and mumble and figure out how the things come together and it just works. So yeah. That, has that always been your process? <laughs> um, yeah, basically. I mean, I don't write a song unless I have like a guitar in my hand and it always starts out with uh, chord progressions. Um, and then from there, I'll like kind of have a structure of a song. And in my head, I'll think of like a melody. Um, and like certain words come out, it's usually just nonsense. But like that, from that, I just think of like how i want to say it and then i try to fit words to fit that melody yeah that's super interesting and, and hearing you sort of do that in a half finished song last night was interesting it's it feels like i mean something that i talk about all the time on this podcast i feel like or in real life is like i wish that the music that is happening in my head could just get out of the on you know into the world easier and you you're doing it in a very organic way you're almost like letting the music ooze out of you like little by little to find what it is is that yeah i mean it's not sort of really sense? something uh i can explain well i guess it's just like whatever comes out of my head as i'm playing the guitar part is like what i'll like just re keep remembering every time i play that so like i'll sometimes i'll write like a chord progression and i'll know like what melody i'm singing for like six months before i have words but like i always know like how it's going to sound every time i mumble <laughs> those words interesting so do you feel like if you like do you can you get a complete picture of what the song's going to be in your head if you like does that ever happen to you without a guitar in your hands are you ever laying in bed late at night and like something comes to you fully formed or does it always kind of happen with a guitar in your hand yeah i've never written a song without like having the guitar first i just can't like picture it in my head okay so interesting yeah. what would you say is like your strategy um or maybe you don't come across it i'm I have the problem of like writer's block where I'll start something and hit a wall like halfway through it. Like, do you ever have that come up? And like with your process, what do you try and do? Is that? Um, yeah. I mean, like sometimes I'll like have one part and I'm like, all right, like how can I make a chorus come after this? Or, or like, where do I want to sing? Um, mm -hmm. So I'll just like record what I have so far on my phone. And then maybe I'll just like come back to it like at a later date and like, oh, this, I think I know what I want to play after this. Um, 
it's never like the same process. It's kind of more just naturally. I feel like it comes um, just messing around. I feel like you always have a bunch of things in the works too. Like you have a notebook full of half finished songs, don't you? Yeah. You can always go back to one or the other yeah. and like <laughs> find something to work on. Which is yeah, nice. it's. I mean, the notebook is just the lyrics. I don't like put too many notes. It's like my phone is where I record and like. I'll like that's where I'll do my mumbling. Um, so on my phone I have like <laughs> guitar parts and then like the mumbling with it. So like all right now like here's a song. I'll put words to it eventually. It almost reminds me of like freestyling with like rappers over like a beat or something like that. Kind of yeah, kinda, yeah. you it know, kind of that yeah bits and pieces, mm-hmm. and then you fill it in. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, we should introduce our other guests. <laughs> Welcome Levi Jerley. How's it going? And Zach Van Wy. Hey, <laughs> it's going great. I'm excited about the music that we made together today and the music that we've got to present. So uh, talk a little bit about your relationship with Luke and your relationship with music. All right. Well, Luke's my twin brother. So <laughs> most importantly, I guess, you know, he's my brother first and foremost. Met in the womb. Yeah. Um, you know, like when you start playing with Luke, I play with you guys too, playing bass and stuff like that. So it's kind of funny how our styles have always like almost mimic each other where we kind of developed as musicians together. Like, you know, Luke's got like a more like rhythm kind of like style and I always had more of like a... I won't say like lead bass style, but I try to get like melodic with it in certain parts. And uh, probably since we started playing ska music, like that, yeah, definitely influenced us early on. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And you know, I feel like with Luke's record with the bass, like I always got to hear the drums first before I could think of like a bass part. You know, like Luke will show me like a chord progression and be like, "All right, like think of something real quick." I'm just like, ah, I, got, "I got to hear the drums first, man." You know, because <laughs> there's that. There's that pocket that I try to find between the drums and the guitar. The know? different nuances and mm-hmm. space that like leaves you like room to kind of go off and do something. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking like different ca- counter melodies while still fitting with the rhythm of the drums, which is what I go for usually. Yeah. Makes sense. And uh, Zach, you are a very accomplished musician as well. We've even talked about you on this podcast before. Uh, you did the drums for uh, Zach. I'll talk to the listener instead. The hi, listeners. <laughs> uh, it feels weird because there's so many people here to talk to. Listeners, you're out there too. We'll be our only listeners. Zach, <laughs> Zach did the drums to my last song that I collaborated with Dave and uh, Matt Wixon on to the White Supremacists. Yeah, and did a fantastic job with that, and also to playing to Luke's songs. Uh, What's your? Uh, you did those. You like wrote those parts and recorded them all in like three days, right? Something, yeah, I think it was something like yeah, that. Yeah, three right? and a half days. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like uh, I knew like two of them because we demoed them like a year beforehand. Oh, okay. And then uh, yeah, it was kind of just like coming home from work and then him showing me something and then just kind of trying to follow it. Not trying to do like anything tra- crazy, complicated or anything like that. I leave that up to like all the instrumentation and shit that's going on. But uh, yeah, but you yeah, left a lot of nice spaces to you know elaborate on other things there yeah yeah totally but yeah i think it was it was three days that mm-hmm. we did it and then i think we did the bass in like two days and he was still learning all those parts too you guys but. work fast <laughs> i'm much more slow at all my things so i did a little bit of uh horns on one of the songs vacation land which i think is one of the ones we should post yeah probably that's, that's a good one that's a winner i mean they're all good but right and then uh so with what zach this is a question for you sorry luke um <laughs> What's your favorite instrument to play? I, I I can tell you my favorite instrument to listen to you play is definitely the drums. <laughs> but you also play a lot of guitar and bass and you sing and stuff too. What's 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 your favorite thing? 
it's like it really is hard i think for anybody that plays multiple instruments to choose like one instrument that they really like playing but like i it's hard to say it's like it really is it's between like guitar and drums like i don't I've actually been finding out that I don't like playing the drums as much as I used to. Like, I don't get as much out of it. It's like, it's not as much fun to me anymore. I think like songwriting is kind of more something that is like interesting because there's just like so much to it. There's more possibilities. Yeah. Like it really is like its own kind of art and it's kind of hard to write songs just playing the drums. So it's, I I really, I like any more the last couple of years. I really like just messing around playing guitar, writing different songs, different kinds of stuff, like playing with pedals and loops and, that's more fun to me than than playing drums anymore. Really, I kind of play drums more as a workout anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that works. That's especially how fast you play. Yeah. That's certainly a workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not as much of a workout when I practice my indie folk songs. <laughs> I play drums on. But... It's a finger workout, right? Yeah. Well, when I'm playing the drums, doing like flute stuff and all that, you know. Well, I don't usually play the flute and the drums at the same time. No. I mean, I beatbox. You try next time. But that's, I mean, that's a that's a, like a cardio workout, but mm-hmm. not too much on my fingers or my, you know, abs or anything. First up, we have a live recording we made today of Luke's song Minivan. It features Luke on rhythm guitar and vocals, Levi on bass, Zach on drums, and myself on lead guitar. Driving home yesterday As I lie in bed No straight from my restless conscience I'll put to the car next to me There's a young family with their dog So much energy inside that minivan Tell my son, don't you worry Put that poor heart to rest You did everything you could have This burden's too much to bear Too much weight to lift again Take a sip for me, tell me what you taste now It's 
Can you talk a little bit, Luke, about your influences for this album? I know some of them, but I bet there are some that would surprise me, too. Yeah, I mean, I think mostly just a way for me to uh, put my, like, emotions and feelings. I mean, what all songwriters do, I guess that's pretty generic. It's just the way I feel. Um, I feel like I'm not the best at uh, expressing them in other ways. So I think it's helpful for that. In real life, he's talking. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, I don't know. I just always like creating things, um, being creative with something. That makes sense. I think it's certainly a good medium to do that. And I I love your your voice that you speak through your songwriting, you know, the metaphors that you use. It's pretty personal, I say. Absolutely. Um, And I think that like what, what made it easier for me to write songs is like just stop worrying about like what people think, even though I still do, but like just being more personal like with my lyrics and my songwriting because like i don't know before that i tried to like be too like hidden of like what i'm trying to write about and yeah. then i was like why like why do that just just put it out there because like even if it's like personal to you like other people can still relate totally um and i think that's what's great about music because you'll you'll hear a song and it's like it's very specific to that person but at the same time it's like you can still relate somehow even if it's not exactly like your situation yeah there's a lot to be said for like passionately passionately misinterpreting a song and you know singing those lyrics in your car so hard and they yeah. mean something to you and that's not at all what but, they meant but at the same time you, you can still like connect it to like something else that happened even Absolutely. though it's not like yeah. anything close to what isn't going on in your, your life so for sure i think that's why <laughs> how about your some of your musical influences for this this project yeah that's tough i mean everything you listen to i mean i'm sure influences yeah it's, you, but like 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 some of my favorite artists, you think that like kind of yeah. Like that? like do, or, do you ha- did you have anybody any anybody in mind when you were thinking of of these you know songs in the early stages or it's just this is really you boiled down to yeah. You know, I mean I don't know I, I try not to think of like other musicians when I write my music. It's more just like whatever comes out of my head will come out out of my head, and it's probably like music that i was just listening to recently that comes out but it's not something i like think about it's not conscious. um so like i mean like jeff rosenstock i was listening to a lot during the time i was writing this um i'm a big and fan all of the him. other times of <laughs> your <laughs> life yeah there's a time where i actually wasn't as into him oh, okay what um, was that what year um probably like during his later bomb stuff mm. oh, okay. um mm. yeah i liked him a lot like when he first started with bomb and then i just like kind of lost it and then i got back when uh he came Still out with we cool oh, okay we yeah. cool caught yeah 
Um, but yeah, and I like Pedro the Lion a lot. So like more emo type stuff, definitely. Mm-hmm. Dashboard, Confession, or not, sorry, not, uh, Death Cab for Cutie. Um, those are some bands I've been listening to a lot. Yeah, it's fun getting to collaborate on this because like I- I've not really dipped my toes into the emo world much yeah. at all. But it's nice to have it, it presented to me on a a plate of luke that like i already know i'm gonna <laughs> like it because whatever you do i basically like <laughs> so I, I like that i get to be experienced in, or you know different sounds yeah those different sounds and vibes too so is it death cap that does um i'll follow you into the dark yeah that, yeah. yeah that's that's, that's like their big plans. like acoustic, yeah, yeah. acoustic yeah. one mm-hmm. um summer skin's one summer skin's my song. favorite song yeah yeah that baseline's killer in that song yeah yeah yeah, yeah those, those records are, mm-hmm. they're great they yeah. sound great too i remember when we started recording the drums and everything i was like super into transatlanticism and like that's all i could think about like wanting to emulate kind of kind of yeah. like it was just like kind of like you're saying like influences like you kind of like you take in what you take in and what crosses over into all this other stuff that you're influenced by too like it comes out like a weird way. it's like you're soaking up all these different influences from all mm-hmm. these other artists or whatever but it's like kind of making it your own thing yeah because yeah, that makes day, any sense. At the end of the day, you, you know, you could love certain bands as much as you, you want, but you can't 100% replicate like a certain yeah. band that you like. Then you know, no one's going to want to listen to that because they're just like, this person is just trying to sound like this. And like, mm-hmm. it's just the worst version of that person. Right. So, <laughs> unfortunately, that happens didn't come from all the time. Yeah, and that happens a lot. <laughs> I think that happens a lot with music, um, especially today. It's like, yeah. Oh, I mean, let's, let's sound like that. Someone sees yeah. something that someone else is doing and they're like, oh, that's working for them. I can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sometimes yeah. it does. That's why pop music sounds the way it does, right? Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of it's derivative. Songs, yeah, 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 absolutely. But really, like, it's, it's like a cycle. Like, but yeah, it's it's more formulaic than you know. I like it when um when like people try to pursue or try to make it sound like an artist, but then they end up in this other camp. That can happen too, where like you're intentionally trying something, but then like because it goes through your filter, kind of mm-hmm. like yeah. it inevitably comes out. Um, like uh oh, Bowie. So uh, Bowie's song "Queen Bitch" that was him trying to sound like Lou Reed, which right. it's a fantastic song. You can hear it's a hard task to sound like Lou Reed. Too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's like he didn't end up really sounding. It sounded like he's trying to do sort of Lou Reed vocals, but like in the end, it's just a fantastic Bowie song, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, that was like he was deliberately like, "I'm going to try this Lou Reed vein," and totally ended up with another another thing. Very interesting. Yeah, it's that that, that filter is. Is interesting. That's why I asked you about your influences because oftentimes, you know, when someone tells me I'm influenced by this, it's like I, I didn't hear that part of it at all. But anyway, uh, after this, do you have any plans for what's next? Do you want to, you know, play these songs live? Do you have any any thoughts for what the next step is with this? Um, kind of. I mean, I'm trying to just like finish this up and see kind of what happens from there um playing live possibly um i have like some pretty bad ear issues actually which i should Mm. probably get checked out again but like i i have this like thing where like the pressure in my ear gets built up a lot and i'm kind of like a little bit deaf in the one ear um so like a loud noises especially uh affect that so sometimes like it would i would love to but at the same time like i don't know if it'd be good you don't want to do more damage yeah yeah i'm already like can't hear that well out of my left ear and it's it, yeah. that's tricky yeah especially with you know <laughs> playing music playing music <laughs> yeah that's rough doesn't really fit um, um well but 
Go ahead. I was going to say, other than that, I definitely like want to. Like, I have a more songs that I want to work on on the next like the next project. Yeah. Like, definitely want to get together with Zach again. Yeah. By the way, Zach has been recording all of this music, um, and he's been doing, like, a great job. We've been getting Word. together, like... It's been fun. Yeah. I don't know how many weekends now, but... I, yeah. yeah, when did it start? Like, September? Nah, August. No, August. August. Yeah, yeah, it was actually... August. We laid down drums in August, then bass, wow. like, early September. And then I've been doing, you know, the guitars and... You've been doing horns and stuff since then, so yeah, it's just like tough traveling back and forth. Yeah, two you hours. guys left two hours from each other, spending all the time that we've spent. Yeah. Like it's very focused, and like it allows us like to spend more time thinking about actually like what we're putting in. Yeah, you know, rather than like just doing it all kind of half-assed and then yeah, because we're kind of like these songs were basically just me and an acoustic guitar singing, so like they weren't really like completely fleshed out until yeah. like we got recording them like all right like what would sound good here like i had a, an idea for like a synth or a keyboard part or like i think sean should add some horns here like i think that would sound good um so that's kind of like probably why this last part's taking a little longer because yeah, like we're just a lot of like guitars and a lot of the shit out just of like like what else can we put here that would sound good because like we never really had that because you know just acoustic and, and my vocals yeah it's nice to have no time limit though yeah just so too, then, like right. we're not it's not like we're paying like 50 dollars an hour yeah. exactly <laughs> yes. we're just like in my yeah. on a deadline house and, yeah like it's you're fun locked into having here. two good friends with bedroom studios yeah it's pretty yeah. <laughs> i'm very appreciative of, of it so well um, anything honestly anything we can do to get this music out there because i i really feel like it's great so Thanks. I want it to be done so. so I can listen to it, if nothing else. <laughs> I've been listening to these demos for months. Too, yeah, I, like, I'm getting sick of it. I can't wait. Until they're done and I just want to move on to something else. I find myself, like, when I open a project, I'll be like, I'm going to work on this small part or whatever. And then I find myself just, like, listening to the entire song and then, like, zoning out. And then I'm like, oh, wait, what, what was I doing? What was I actually going to do? <laughs> yeah, I wake up with these in my head all the time, too. So. Next, we have a piece we all improvised together. This one has both Luke and Dave on electric guitars, Levi on bass, Zach on drums, and myself on alto sax.
we talk uh, maybe a little bit about um, the fact that you're not a professional musician? Sure. Um, you're not the first non-professional musician we've had on this this show, but you've got an interesting, I feel like you've got an interesting musical past, and um, you're approaching this from, I have a full-time job, I'm doing this in my spare time. Do you have any aspirations for this to become a job eventually? Do you think that's just so unrealistic that you're not even trying to think about it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's something, like, I'm also going to school, grad school for teaching, because I think I do want to, I do want to be a teacher. Um, I think that's like what I want to have as a career. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely I want music and writing music and like putting stuff out there to be like a big part side, <laughs> like side project. Yeah, like that's going to be kind of like a part time job. Long I don't expect a part time job. Not without like expecting to make any money of it, but mm-hmm. like kind of you know having that project and not having to worry about like it being my job. I guess. Yeah. I feel like if you go in with the ex- expectations of like, oh, I'm going to make a lot of money off this, you're probably going in, <laughs> you're probably going in with the wrong intentions yeah. to begin with. That's so, probably yeah. true. You know? And you're probably going to be disappointed. And you're going to oh, be disappointed. <laughs> but yeah, so like, yeah, I don't really have aspirations to be like, just drop everything I'm doing. I'm not, you know, it doesn't have to be like that, but make it my focal career. Interesting. What are you uh, looking to teach? Um, I would like to teach math. Cool. High school math. I'm going for a elementary and special ed certificate now. Mm-hmm. But once I get that, I might like test for high school. Because I think I'd rather teach high school than elementary. But I'm not opposed to, you know. Yeah. yeah every students, age group, there's middle, a different middle, dynamic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They have this, its pros and cons, each, each yep. uh, grade level. <laughs> I feel like I could teach elementary school math. Yeah. I could definitely at least pass it. <laughs> now well, that's good yeah. and if you could pass it you could teach it right right yeah i think so just easier to relate i would to, like, not be comfortable kids <laughs> taking middle school math i don't think no no once you yeah. start throwing letters in there forget about it <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. so anything any, well, i shouldn't say that i did okay in my math classes but arithmetic is uh it's not really your forte though, yeah it's not my forte I Levi, levi's an english major so I told one of my students the other day, like, we were talking about math, and I was like, I mean, I kind of get it. Like, I, I said, like, what am I ever going to use this when I was in school? And to be honest, I haven't really. And then <laughs> she, she went in, and, like, after that, she told all her friends, like, my teacher said that school is stupid and unnecessary. <laughs> and you don't need to learn anything. And she told me that, and she was like, that is not what I said. And like, yes, you did. It is. Oh, that's, my That's God. such a hard question to answer. Like, why am I learning this? It's like... Yeah, uh, I can't give you like a good answer. Yeah, I feel like my math teacher said like, "Oh, well, it just goes to prove that you could like dedicate yourself to like learning something." Yeah, it's, like it's not like what you're learning; it's like the process of learning. Yeah, and like, like that yeah. takes that's like a that's a skill to yeah. like be able to focus and to like to learn this and stuff like that. Like even besides the fact of like, oh, I'm not going to use this when I get out of high school to like be able to sit down and concentrate. I think not also, a lot of kids could do that, you know. Yeah, I think it also forces their brain, at least in math especially. Like, I'm not good at math either, but, like, I feel mm-hmm. like it forces your brain to think another way. Even exactly. if you lose the skill after mm-hmm. a year, mm-hmm. you still had to work a muscle that you were not used to using. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, in a weird way, math, like, makes you a little more creative because you have to think abstractly. And, like, sometimes I'll, I'm, a, I'm a nerd and, like, I like doing Sudoku or uh, I'll play Minesweeper in the computer during work, which involves math-related things. And I feel, feel like after a while of doing those, I feel like my brain is flowing f- more freely energized i don't that know energized is the right word but <laughs> i mean it's like switched on it's like now oh i'm like starting to think i'm start worrying less about like 
things and just like focused on using your creative side of your brain. That's interesting. I don't yeah. do so, any so do some math problems. Math maybe I'll help you some help some music writing out. Maybe <laughs> I guess that can help writer's block. Maybe see what's weird That's about it. You mentioned like sense. math. You're being good at math. Like I know some people that are like non musicians. They think if you're a musician that you're automatically good at math. And I'm just like no, <laughs> no. <laughs> good at multiples. At math. Good at like figuring yeah, out yeah, multiples yeah. and like yeah. yeah. Like there's a lot more subjectivity in music and stuff like that. And math is pretty. It's math, but it's math without thinking about it. You know it's got, right. Yeah, it's like intuitive. It's got more, it's yeah, got more yeah, feel. Instinctive, yeah. instinctive math. Yeah. Like when you pick up an instrument, you're like, oh, I got, I'm feeling sad, like jam with buddies and stuff like that. Like when you see an equation, you're like, let me feel this equation now. Like, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever said that to myself. No, never. <laughs> Just no or you don't. Yeah. Our next track is a new untitled song of Luke's that we all collaborated on. He brought this to us unfinished, and we helped him fill it out a little bit and structure it. And at this point, Luke is also only partway through the lyric writing process, so some of his vocals are still somewhat mumbled. But I thought this was actually a really interesting view into Luke's unique songwriting approach. Can you Some kind of trouble, man, I'm trying to hear you Not ignoring you, I'm watching your mouth Can you turn the down the volume? My mouth is too loud and my head has a pounding Can I revise and I can't hear my mind think As I get trapped in my own world self All my problems, the smallest thing I told my 
Levi, you want to talk a little bit about your project, your journalism project that you're doing? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I'm an English major, uh, more like the concentrations, like journalism, like PR writing, professional writing, stuff like that. I was going to be a teacher like Luke at one point, but then I realized I don't like kids. So, you know, that kind of fell off the wagon a little bit. Put the damper on it. <laughs> yeah. So... We had a couple options for our senior seminar project that we were allowed to do. We could have done like a novella. We could have do, done a memoir. Uh, we could have done like a screenplay. And I was thinking about the novella for a little bit, but he wanted like 60, 100, 120 pages, which is kind of like, that's a big commitment because I'm taking an 18 credit semester right now. And one of the other options was an investigative journalism project. And um, so it just got me thinking like about like some of my hobbies and stuff like that. And like I've always liked music, obviously, and stuff like that. And I just always hear all the time about how the Poconos had such a great scene and it's just like a hollow shell of its former self. So I thought it would be cool to talk. And you had kind of missed that golden age. Yeah. So, or you were too young to go to shows at that point. Like the tail end of it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I was at the tail end of it. And like me and Zach talk all the time how like... <laughs> It's sound pretentious, but we were the last generation to, like, play music around the Poconos. And, like, there wasn't, like, any younger bands after us. And we're just like, what happened, you know? So it's kind of like uh, I want to talk about the people of how the scene was in the past, like, you know, venues that they remember, certain bands and stuff like that. And then ask them, like, why did it die? What happened? And all that. And not just why did it die, but what could be done to bring it back. And a lot of the people I've talked to actually are saying, like, you know, this just doesn't pertain to Pocono music. Like, you know, if you don't live in, like, a big city, New York, L.A., they just aren't doing, like, local shows anymore, you know? And a lot of the, the answers that people think is people just watching YouTube videos of bands, you know, like, there's, there's not as much of, like, a community. So Yeah, you don't have to go out to a show to see a live set. Mm -hmm. of your favorite band in most cases but then it also means you're not going to see those bands that might be your favorite band who are going to play before them or mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. yeah i feel like it might not be bring money for bands but the um house shows have been at least I, that's been my experience even more and more so like house shows seem to be like the I feel, as opposed Philly to a proper venue like, house shows are where they end up being you know? i feel like yeah especially in philly philly has a very yeah. like good it's just like tradition of come to this person's basement houses. and yeah, you will yeah. see like it's you and a dozen people with like four bands and two are decent and two are like where the fuck have they been hiding this whole time like <laughs> this is brilliant yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. like i actually interviewed my two bandmates last night for like a little like you know question and answer session on it and they said like back in the day like there would be like 15 bands in like a 20 mile radius like at any given time and just like you know, you're lucky if you have like five in a 20 mile radius nowadays. So depending on where you are, depending on yeah, where you are, on. <laughs> you're in the Poconos, in the Poconos <laughs> in particular. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, but it's been fun. It's been interesting, like hearing everybody's like old stories, and a lot of people like they'll be just like, "Oh, thanks for like remind me of all those old times." You know, so it's kind of bringing it back for them a little bit, which is fun. You know, yeah, it's definitely fun. And then uh, I, I have some like. I think I have a recording of the first show that 
I ever played, and mm. it's fun to go revisit that too, and you know, to see how you progress. Hear as how a musician. it holds up. <laughs> <laughs> I just found a I found a home video of uh, of like me, Nick Viscani, and Tyler Lyons playing like the Battle of the Bands freshman year at like High School South. And what'd uh, you play? Originals, like, like 182 covers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good start. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like a blast for the past. I think we also I, th- I also found like the first German show like ever and. Yeah, it's the first show that you played at the Sherman, or the first no, like Sherman the first show Sherman ever. show that they had. Yeah, like when they when they brought it back, yeah, like yeah. from like the nineties or whatever. Uh, and yeah, it was like what was it? it was like my city backfire, motionless and white. Damn, like us and <laughs> yeah, it's just like a bunch of older, like all of them. That was when you were in set phasers. No, it was band? Area Fifty One. Okay, I don't like, think I ever heard them. It was like Afterella before Afterella was oh, a band. Yeah, okay. gotcha. But it was before Ella. Yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting when I was interviewing uh, Kevin Rich last night too. I kind of thought like of an impromptu question. I was like, you know, growing up in the scene, like when you're 14 years old or whatever, just so much more impressionable to like really good musicians. And I asked him, like, do you remember like the first memory of like being in the scene and seeing like either like this killer guitar player, like whoever, whoever, and you're just like, holy shit, that guy is really good and. They had some pretty pretty interested answers. Nice. None that I could remember. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, your bandmates. What's your band called? We're called Dead Men. Um, Kevin Hartraff plays guitar. Rich Blackmore plays drums. I play bass. Actually, Kev does vocals too. And uh, we've been a band since 2015. So, a little while. They've got some solid stuff out there too. They go, rock. go check them out. And uh, a couple sweet videos. Yeah, we did a little like. I wouldn't say a horror movie theme, but it was a little gory. I would call it a horror movie theme. Yeah, it pro- <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah it probably is. Like, didn't they uh, murder the shit out of you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I guess they did. Yeah. So I guess Sorry, spoiler you're alert. spoiling the, the video. Sorry. <laughs> we end up to be dead men, so it makes sense. Okay. Yeah, my mother didn't like it, but that's all right. Why? Ah, uh, you know, just she's, she's not a, a little more conservative. Yeah, she's more of like a Lifetime movie kind of fan. So <laughs> maybe the next Dead Men video can be like in the style of a Lifetime movie. <laughs> I would know how you would do that. I've never seen a Lifetime movie in my life. I think filter. it might actually be really funny. <laughs> It'd be interesting for sure. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like a soap opera script or something like that. You know, something like that. Neat. And uh, do you guys have stuff on Spotify? If people want to check that yep, out, Spot- Apple Music, all Spotify, um, stuff. I think Bandcamp, Bandcamp. I think the oh God, we could never remember. They never remember during live sets either. But I think mm-hmm. YouTube, it's like Dead Men Band something. Uh, yeah, you're not plugging very well here. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, you suck, uh, <laughs> dude. I can't remember the links. Come on. How about you, Zach? Your main project is called Blush. Yeah, yeah. Are you guys playing out? You guys are playing out sometimes, right? Uh yeah we we were playing out uh we're taking a break right now okay. trying to get like our full length record out and yeah. get a Does van that have a date? And... release date uh no not yet uh no release date yet I'm really slacking on all of that that's been finished for quite a while over a year oh my god <laughs> well, what year. are you waiting for uh I don't know the right, uh, the right it's time. just well honestly it's it's just like having the money to sink into uh getting it on getting it out the right way okay it, like it takes a long time to actually like. I've been finding out that it takes a long time to actually get a record out the quote-unquote right way. That's why I haven't done any the right way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's... But, like, talk a little bit about what that means. What is the right way? 
So I mean, in your eyes, I like to me like it's. I mean, I, I've sunk probably almost like seven grand into this project at this point. Seven? Yeah, something like like six or seven, like between like uh, we did a music video, the actual record, mastering, um, and then like getting all the merch ready. Um, and we're doing some cool stuff like posters and cassettes and some like oddball kind of. We kind of like go in that like hardcore punk kind of themed like style of like merch where it's like kind of one-off stuff collectors kind of stuff different colors and variants and shit like that um but mostly it's it's really just like sinking the money into to getting it on like websites and like uh just like promotion and like getting it to the right you know places to like review everything's on the internet now yeah like reviews and just like uh like hosting um like it's actual actually like premiere the songs and stuff like that. I see. Yeah. Um, just like trying to reach like as many people out there as possible. Like the internet is a huge place, and it's I feel like it's really like kind of tough for bands anymore to put something out and, and have people hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like shouting into the void. I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> we can all attest to that right now <laughs> with our voices. Like it's it's a it's a double edged sword, really. Like because. Uh, you could put anything out on the internet, but it's, you know, you who's going to hear you it? Sift like, through all the, right, you know, I could put this record out right now, like, you know, by myself or whatever, but it's really just going to go around like the circle of my friends and all of that. Um, yep. Well, I'm very interested to uh, see the results of your experiment and see if doing the right way is <laughs> the quote unquote right way. The right way pays <laughs> off for you, and and I, I'm I'll be interested to ask you in a year again. Yeah. What, how are you going to do yeah. your next record? Are you going to drop it uh, Jeff Rosenstock style with this last one, where you just put it out overnight? Or I think that was something too that like kind thing. of. Uh, Cause I'm the only, I'm the one that's like writing everything. So I didn't want to like put a record out and then wait another three years until the next one was out. I already pretty much have the next one done, ah, like demoed sweet. out too. So it's like, we're going to put this one out and then hopefully just immediately start working on the next one to that's get that awesome. out as soon as possible and just keep turn and burn. Um, it's, ho- it's so hard for me to think of two things at once, like to be, to ha- I, I will never have another record complete by the time I don't, before I have the last one out. Deadlines. I don't think I'll ever do de- Like that. deadlines really... Like, if you set a deadline for yourself, you're like, I have to get it done, like, this time. Or, like, I feel like that's really what gets the fire under my ass. I miss my <laughs> deadlines all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it's, like, it's different, like, it's especially, like, it, I guess it depends on which way you're, like, going towards it. Like, uh, when you're a band, like, working together, like, as, like, a group, and, like, you're paying for studio time, and you don't really have a song written, like, all the way, like, whatever, kind of, like... F- put you under this pressure you get it done and then sometimes it just like really works and you do you end up with something that you had no idea you were even going to you know end up with like, totally um some of the best like songs that i've thought that, like you're like the most fun times like writing or being a part of something was like when we were in new miseries our old hardcore band i think we wrote like the intro and the first song off of our ep like the day before we went to go into to record it and like we were paying, you know, good money to be in a studio, and and then it ended up being okay. I feel like deadlines kind of help sometimes because, like, when you have a deadline, you're not allowed to have writer's block. You know, like you kind of have to just like, you know, go in there and like do it. Like, like what was it, like two days? Just like, like no f- barriers. Like just whatever. Like I'm not gonna judge like what I write. Like yeah, yeah. You're not exactly. gonna think about it that way. You're just like letting yeah. Your you don't you don't contemplate kinda. what you want to play too much. And sometimes when I feel like you don't have to compl- <clears throat> contemplate it so much, sometimes the best part comes out yeah. when you do that. You know, because you could sit there and like change around something like 
50 times before like you think it sounds right but at mm-hmm. the same time like it might just sound right yeah first couple times you might just be overthinking the it freedom and, to do it and i i'm so guilty of that especially like recording horn parts and stuff i will do hundreds of takes especially if it's flute because like i know i can get it to sound perfect and so i'll do hundreds of takes and then sometimes i'll go back and i mean i won't save a hundred but like <laughs> i'll save 20 or 30 and go back and listen to them and then half the time number two or number three is the one i pick like yeah that is pretty often the way it happens but oh well i think i saw a video where like jack white was talking about that how like deadlines kind of make you creative and like obviously to his musical life where it would make sense but he was talking about before he was like a, a professional musician he used to do like upholstery with like furniture and stuff like that so he had like a deadline of like all right i gotta upholster these chairs and yeah, he's like, you know, I would just get to work and they would turn out pretty good most of the time, you know, so just get into the grind with it. Hmm. Yeah, that's half the battle is just sitting down to do it. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, yeah, standing up to do it, I guess, if you're playing. <laughs> you know, <or> mumbling. <laughs> Depend on your you preferred instrument. I like to write with a pencil, so I'd Same. rather sit down. The last track we're going to leave you with is called Vacation Land. This is from Luke's upcoming album, and it features Luke on guitars, vocals, keyboard, and bells, Levi on bass, Zach on drums, and me on flute, clarinet, and alto and tenor saxes. And just a disclaimer, this is not the final mix of this song. Zach did a quick mix, and I did a quick mastering job, but things will certainly get adjusted a little bit before the record is released.
one thing about songwriting is it's pretty draining. So mm, there's true. very rare times I have like enough energy to like s- sit down and write songs like after work and after like I have, you know, classes during the week too. It's just like that the time writing process is uh, very sparse. Sometimes. Yeah, I wonder what and how much I would or could come up with this if it was my full-time job. Yeah, I mean, I was un- unemployed for like a good three months at, between jobs. And I think that's when the bulk of this album was oh, kind of written. It was like yeah. maybe like 40% of it was written during that time period. But I felt like I was able to uh, dedicate a lot more of my energy yeah. to songwriting when like I didn't have a job. Which nice. obviously makes sense, but yeah, I feel like I had the I had a three month unemployed period between grad school and working at the music store, and I feel like I put all my energy into figuring out my flute sound. Mm. So I I I really worked on that hard and made that my job for a little bit, and so I didn't have time to to make fully formed music. I mean, I guess I wasn't ready to make fully formed music at that time yeah. either. But one day, that would be really nice <laughs> to take a three-month vacation and just... Uh, yeah, right. one day. Maybe when we're retired. Yeah, retired. <laughs> 65-ish, maybe 70. Have, have you ever thought about, like, what your music is... Or, like, what your life musically is going to be like when you're in your 40s or, like, when you're in your 50s and 60s? Like, what do you think in your 50s? Like, do you still... Will you still be making music? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think my body will still be making music my brain will still be making music whether, like at the same whether rate at the choose, same rate that you're doing no problem yeah. I, well hopefully hopefully absolutely i hope so and and i yeah I, I hope so but like also i've given myself sort of five years to make something happen and i i eventually want to teach at a university as well i think yeah. so i feel like my musical yeah. education isn't over at this point but yeah, just but I, I I very much hope that at at forty or sixty I'm producing more music than yeah. I am right now. My, my kind of my goal is to just keep making at the best quality music I can and the music that I enjoy and collaborating with as many different people as I can. Yeah, and, and like, hopefully with more people that are like my heroes and stuff. And like when you're fifty, sixty, <laughs> when you're fifty, like sixty, you think your songs are going to sound like anything they like how they sound now, or do you think your style will change a lot? Like. 20 30 years from now i hope that it gets more diverse but i still think that i will like the music that i'm making right now when i'm 40 or 50 and i still hope i'm making music that's the same and involving the same people that are in this room (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for listening to sean and dave make music if you like the show please be sure to subscribe rate and review us on itunes if you have any comments or like to submit an idea or a prompt for us to improvise off of, go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Sean and Dave Make Music. We'll be back next month with a different guest and some new music. See you then. Oh, turn the click off. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to do this podcast to a click. Uh, <laughs> I play see, space like, and that little. Yep. Well, come, yeah. Sean and Dave make music. <laughs> <laughs>